Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Final Tackle Podcast, and we are joined by North Sydney Bears legend. He also had a stint at the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. His name is Keith Harris. Thank you very much for joining us today. This episode is brought to you by our proud sponsor, Gold Coast Trading Cards. They are an authorized TLA trading card dealer, and they are the NRL collector's choice from box breaks to individual cards they sell thousands of them from the 1960s up until recent 2020s and into the future 2021s coming out next year be sure to get all of your nrl trading card needs at gold coast trading card no problem cj pleasure no no worries so i mean let's get stuck into it you're a a country rugby league boy uh, from your junior days in tamworth what was it like growing up you know playing footy in the in the 60s and 70s in tamworth and then making your way to the big sticks yeah, I know. It's sort of one of those things. When you're doing it, you don't uh, you don't think too much of it. You just enjoy what you're doing. But uh, I, I mainly played uh, most of my football through Tamworth High School, and um, yep. I en- ended up going to Sydney when I finished high school. Um, went down to Sydney to study engineering and um, started playing juniors with uh, with North Sydney as um, because when I arrived in Sydney, I ended up uh, staying at a guest house at McMahon's Point. So. Uh, so I just went to the uh, nearest local football club, which was North Sydney, and uh, and ended up playing President's Cup for a couple of years, and then uh, then got graded from there. Yeah, nice. What was it like getting graded for North Sydney? Yeah, oh, well, well uh, the situation I was in, I was studying engineering, and I was doing a sandwich course, which meant that I uh, I had to go back to Tamworth at the end of the financial year. I studied oh. for six months and yeah, and then worked for six months. So the first two years I played President's Cup, which yeah. is the representative comp and it, it finishes before the end of the financial year yeah and i used to go back into tamworth in time to register to play first grade in tamworth so oh I, wow so you'd always be playing footy yeah yeah so i played uh, i used to play half the season president's cup with the north sydney bears and then the second half of the season first grade with north tamworth bears so. okay and so, oh, yeah. so so it's not so it's north tamworth bears as well so you were also connected with the bears in that respect <laughs> I, I could have worn the same jumper but, <laughs> Yeah, no, there, there was a bit of an, uh, sort of a link between there because Chicken Norton at one stage coached the North Sydney Bears and um, and there was a few players kind of went backwards and forwards between the North Sydney Bears and the uh, North Tamworth Bears. So. Yeah, wow. Um, mm. You know, and obviously, as you mentioned, you, know, you spent six months of the year at Norths and then six months of the year at Norths, you could say. Um, yep. What was it, you know, what was the deciding factor to, you know, play first grade in the NSWL? I mean, obviously getting graded and all that, but, you know, was there a point after your studying time to be an engineer where you were like, you know what, I'm going to go back to Sydney and try and make it full time, you know? Yeah, no, no. Well, I was still studying. I, I studied all the way through, almost all the way through my career because there was a, once I started playing football, it took away a lot of the, the, the training time, took away a lot of the study time. So mm-hmm. I, when I when I first started studying, I was getting credits and distinctions and uh, by the end of it, I was getting passes and fails. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it took me a little while to get my degree, <laughs> a bit longer than most, you might say, but uh, but uh, that was because I was well, that, my excuse is I was combining the football and well, the, you were uh, and, that's and that's exactly it. Like there wasn't unfortunately <laughs> the the systems that they have in place in the NRL these days. It was you had to have a day job, you know, footy mm. on the weekends, as they yep. say, for for lack of a better term, and training during the weekdays. It was you know it it was it was hard yards, and to really commit to first grade is is a, a testament to you know people won't. 
uh, youngsters such as myself, I mean, I personally try my best to, but youngsters <laughs> such as myself can't appreciate the um, dedication, you know, and the sacrifices that obviously NRL players make these days, but they made back then, you know. Yeah, no, and, and the thing was, I think we probably just wanted to play football and yeah. we would, we, yeah, we would do anything to do that and uh, probably would have still did what we did even if we didn't get paid. But, exactly, uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because it uh, and at that stage you didn't get paid much either. But, no, no, it was peanuts compared to compared to what they get paid today. Um, yes. Now, obviously, you had a stint at the Bulldogs. What was it like going from North Sydney Bears to the Canterbury Bulldogs? Um, yeah, it was a bit of a culture shock. There, but sort of two completely different sides, and it was well. Actually, what happened? It was a bit of a, a package deal with myself and Timmy Pickup because. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a, sort of a bit of an innocent young boy from the country. I'd played two seasons at North, and uh, and Tim was had organised to go to Canterbury, and he wanted me to go with him. So, oh, nice! Uh, yeah, so he actually put together a package deal, and because I was back in Tamworth, that uh, I sort of wasn't in Sydney in the early part of the season, and he rang me up and he said, uh, "Oh, we're going over to Canterbury." He said, "These guys are going to give you a ring and uh, make you an offer." and uh, Come down, and have a chat to him, and, uh, and you and I'll uh, we'll, we'll end up at Canterbury, and that's that's what happened. So, uh, yeah. so he he was sort of a, a, a pseudo manager, I suppose, for me. <laughs> yeah, you were like he'd he'd bring you up saying, "Hey, Keith, mate, we're going to Canterbury." You'd be like, "Well, are we?" Since when? <laughs> yes, that's right. No, that's a bit what it was like. I thought, oh, I never thought of that, but oh no, well, went down and had a chat to him, and they yeah, made me a reasonable offer. So. Uh, and so I ended up at Canterbury. But, and, and in that, we ended up uh, in court for a week over the North Sydney um, reckon that I had a, a verbal agreement with them to, to stay there. So, yeah. So, yeah, so we had a court ca- court case for, we were in court for uh, for about a week, sort of trying to sort out whether or not we had a verbal agreement. Yeah, well, fair enough. Well, it obviously turns out um, in your favour. You then played yep. for them for the better half of two years. You then yep. jetted back over to North Sydney. What was the deciding factor, you know, to head back to North Sydney? Yeah, oh, no, it was the, the offer that North had made me because at that stage it was uh, I'd qualified as a local junior. Oh, cool. Because, okay. Yeah, because yeah, I'd played two seasons President's Cup that yep. qualified, qualified me as a local junior. And uh, even though I, you know, I, um, I'd played very little football with the local, uh, local teams. You still played it with them, you know. Like, to many people who don't know, sorry to cut you off real quick. Yeah, right. um, back in the 70s and 80s and even before the 70s and stuff, you more or less for the NSWRL, the club that you played for at first grade, you had to have represented in juniors, whether it's under 10s, President's Cup, SG Ball, you know, but you weren't allowed to, it was very frowned upon, you could say, to say you're playing for Norths and you played for their juniors to go and play for Western Suburbs, you know. Yeah, no, that's right. No, it was uh, you know very parochial in those days and, uh, and I qualified as a local junior and they had a rule at that stage that you could only have I think it was six or eight imported players. Okay, yep. So, so that meant I didn't take up an import spot. Yes. And yes. Uh, yeah, because we had we had John Gray and um, and um, you know a, a series of um, of imported players and Eddie Heatley and Brian Anderson and yep. and so that uh, that I didn't take up an import spot. So yeah, that's so. fair. Like, because you could have your your, your team such as squad plus six imports, which would have which would have helped. And yeah, they they would have been like, look, we can get rid of. You know, so, uh, well, not really get rid of, but it's like we can add you and still have room for six, you know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, the, I can fill a first grade spot and then they've got, uh, they can buy or, you know, they look at other uh, imported players. Yeah, because you would have been classified as an import at Canterbury, am I right? 
Yes, that's right. Okay, yeah. okay yep, yeah. I get you. Um, obviously, you then um, finished your career off in North Sydney, and there was one mo- very notable thing that a uh, big shout out to the Den Facebook page and face group, whatever you want to call them, um, founder Ross. He told me about this, and I Googled it, and mate, I've watched footage, and it's amazing. The Move America set play. Can you tell us about that? <laughs> Yeah, no, that was always our go-to move when we were in trouble. But you had to sort of put it on in the in the uh, down near the opposition try line. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, that that was a sort of a move in the in the centre of the field. It was almost always a winner. Like I, I, I watched some footage. Obviously, unfortunately, I wasn't alive at the time. But Ross told me, you know, <laughs> candid, he remembers almost every almost every single time you guys would have that play, you'd score. <laughs> What was yes. what was the training like? Did you guys obviously train for that at training? Oh yes, yeah. No, it it, it, it was a work move, and um, we'd call it when we got into into dire straits. And uh, yeah, and, the, and as you say, it was ninety percent of the time it worked, which is was, amazing. Like you'd think that you know after maybe like a, a season of doing it, teams would cotton on to it. Yeah. Yeah, but but I think it was it was a move that really didn't look like a move. If you no, know what it I didn't. Mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, what I'll do yeah. to anyone who's who's watching this when this episode goes up, I'll put yeah. up footage of the play, and you guys yeah. can let us know in the comments what you think of that. Because, mate, it's just goosebumps. It's it's amazing. <laughs> like, oh, it's like literally you're pulling something out of nothing. But it was a set play. That's right, yeah, and that's what it looks like. It looks like sort of the, the because it's a runaround move, and mm. it looks like the the pivot sort of gets half lost. But uh, and I used to run the sort of the the break move or the or the sort of incisive move, yep. part of the move, and uh, I'd sort of just pop up at a at a point in time when he looked like he had nothing else on. Yep, exactly. And and, uh, and most of the time he were in open space, which was uh, yeah, always. Exactly. Um, now, obviously, tangenting a bit to your later days after you retired, you spent a few seasons still playing rugby league, but not in the NSWRL first grade. You played with yep. Aberdeen Tigers and Werris Creek, well, now Asquith Magpies. You actually won a comp with, I think, both of those clubs. What was it like going from, you know, the, the big city, big smoke to, you know, the, um, the quieter town of Aberdeen and, you know, Asquith or Werris Creek? Yeah, no, that was that was good because well, I'm I was born in a little town called Dorigo, and uh, only fifteen hundred people in Dorigo. So I'm um, oh wow you know, for the earlier part of my life, I you know I didn't know there was that many people around. But, <laughs> and uh, then we moved to Tamworth, which from Dorigo to Tamworth was a Tamworth was a big city, but there was about twenty thousand people in Tamworth. So uh, <laughs> I so mean, that, that's that's very, that's comparably small to Sydney, you know. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, no, exactly. And then I'll go from Tamworth to Sydney, and that's a, sort of, I, I suppose, I've got the, the stepping stones from the small country town to the larger country town to the big smokes. So. And uh, and going back was it? That was no problem because I, I, um, I always used to go back to Tamworth in the um, in the off season for part of the time anyway. So I was a, spent a lot of time in the country. But yeah, no, I had a good time at Aberdeen, and was still stay in contact with a lot of the guys that I knew down there and then because Aberdeen and, and Werris Creek are in the same competition there in yep. Group 21 yep. and uh, we won a comp with I won a comp with Aberdeen in 85 mm-hmm. and then went to Werris Creek in 86 and we beat Aberdeen in the grand final <laughs> oh, wow. in 86 so, wow. <laughs> so, so I was the only bloke in Group 21 that won two premierships in a row. So. With two different clubs <laughs> against the same club? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's right. Wow that's awesome yeah. 
Yeah, they, they played at uh, David Taylor Park in Morris Creek and the typical grand final. There was a fight sort of just before half time, and most of the crowd were watching the fight and not the game. So. Well, I mean, I think and, most of the team were involved in the fight as well than the game. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, no, we, we were watching, but we, we, we didn't get off the field. But uh, no, and it was one of those teams we had. Um, a few guys from Tamworth come because I used to commute from Tamworth down to Warris Creek because it's only oh, a, yeah it's only sort of half three quarters of an hour trip from between Tamworth and Warris yeah. Creek and there was the coach a bloke called Mark Galeen we used to come down together and uh, but there was mainly Aboriginal guys in the in the uh, Warris Creek side we had okay. uh, yeah and they you know some amazing players that um, oh there's some, there's some amazing talent there. Yeah, that's right. But you know, the sort of guys that didn't want to go anywhere else. But uh, well, hey, that's you know, fine. There's a lot of there's a lot of country rugby league boys, you know, that play first grade country rugby league. Mm. You know that that may not necessarily flourish in the NRL, but they're like superstars in their in their group competitions. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and and, and very good players that uh, that are running around up there. But you know, and, and I saw a lot of the even when I was playing. You, Young guys had come down from the country and they wouldn't adjust to the city and they'd you know, play half a season and end up going back home. So. Yep, and I was going to say, now that we're talking about country rugby league, because I myself am a country rugby league boy, obviously it's not country compared to, you know, Tamworth, as I'm from the Central Coast, but there's a firm belief, and you could say an old adage, and I'm a big believer in it, that country rugby league boys are, you know, just, just spread different. They're different compared mm. to city boys. And do you think that holds true? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a you know they're, they're brought up a different way, and, and and the rugby league or the sport that they play is, I think, a much bigger part of their life than mm. it is in the city. I'd, I'd say they're a, a different a, breed, you could say. Yes, yeah, no, exactly, and uh, yeah, it's sort of uh, because normally if you because my father had played and and but his my father's father hadn't because it wasn't around then. But yep. uh, you, you've got a family history of, uh, of uh, people playing football exactly, for, the local, yeah. for the local side and all the people in the town know your history and, and uh, yeah, you've got a bit of a you know, bit of an obligation that way as well. Yeah, um, and obviously speaking of your retirement, you know, after Aberdeen, after Warris Creek and all that, um, pardon me, did you go into engineering or what did you go into immediately after that? Oh, no, well, I was always, oh, I was I'd qualified as an engineer and I was always in doing engineering work while I was playing. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, when I was at Aberdeen, I was working for a company at Bayswater Power Station. We were building a, um, some infrastructure for the power station. And then, oh, wow. uh, yeah, and then when I went, went back to Tamworth, I was doing some engineering for the local council up there. And then, uh, and then from Tamworth, I went back to Sydney and worked for the Standards Association down there and uh, actually produced um, you know, some standards on... Uh, on structural work and um, and then um, from there we went I moved up to the Gold Coast and played with the Southport Tigers for a couple of years and oh, coached yep. them for yep. yeah, and worked for the Gold Coast City Council which I'm still doing now. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, now the Southport Tigers are a good are a good club. There's a good little Gold Coast competition. Well not little, but you know, there's a good Gold Coast juniors competition up there. It's I'm really loving it. Um, hmm. now, um, obviously we just covered that bit. Back to a bit of your career, what is your, you, you could say, fondest memory of playing, you know, whether it's a grand final or, you know, your first grade debut or even just a match that stands out to you? Yeah, well, I suppose the first grade debut was or the first full first grade game that I played yeah. because 
um, we played Manly at North Sydney Oval. Oh, Manly, Manly mate, that's yeah. that's oh, yes, <laughs> that's right. And that was that was my initiation to North Sydney first grade was <laughs> was playing Manly at North Sydney Oval, and uh, that's a baptism of fire, if ever. <laughs> it was for sure, and the Manly Manly won the comp. That was uh-huh. the year Manly won the comp. So um, they had Malcolm Reilly and Bob Fulton, and actually Ken Irvine was playing for Manly at that stage. Oh, wow. And, He'd only just left North Sydney and gone across to Manly because because I never ever played with Ken. I played against him, but never ever played with him. But so, okay. uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, Manly. Uh, all actually, because I remember at North Sydney Oval we run out first yep. because we're the home side. And at North Sydney Oval you go through the tunnel and up the stairs. And uh, when you emerge on the ground, you sort of the, you see the heads of the opposition players sort of just coming up out of the ground, and <laughs> yeah. and uh, and my, I sort of ran out on the ground. I was looking back, and the first bloke that runs out is Freddie Jones. He's oh. the, he's the hooker, and Freddie's not the most handsome guy in town. And uh, I thought, gee, what's going on here? And then the next one's John O'Neill, who's uh, you know, once again, a bit scary. And then Herman Hamilton and then Terry Randall and um, all these guys just uh-huh. start, start to come up out of the ground and I, <laughs> I'm there waiting for them. <laughs> yeah, damn. Um, speaking of, you know, um, teams that you went up against and, you know, players and all that, was there any, obviously, minus Manly because there's just that bitter rivalry between North Sydney and Manly, but um, what team or, you know, individual player did you always hate, you know, lining up against? Yeah, well, I always thought that Malcolm Reilly was probably one of the, the, maybe not the dirtiest, but one of the toughest players I'd played against, but mm-hmm. uh, Terry Randall. But when you go through, every side had, a, you know, there was a lot of tough guys in, in every side that you oh, played. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and then, then a lot of skillful guys. That, um, yeah, it's, um, because, you know, it was always hard playing against Parramatta because they were so well organised and they had that great back line with, with Sterling and... and um, Ella and Cronin and, and, and cause everyone, I literally everyone. In that yeah, team. no, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. It was, and in those days, whichever side you played, you know, there was always those sort of players that you were playing against. That uh, you know, I got to play against Langlands and Billy Smith and oh, you know, wow. yeah, Sattler and you know, I sort of came in at the end of their era and then sort of played against the sort of. I suppose what you would call the semi-modern players. Oh, that's still like honestly, I would give you know anything to have first of all been alive, let alone to you know play <laughs> in that era. But you know, it, it's just I myself to anyone who's listening, they probably I do get a fair few listeners. I am twenty-five, so I'm considerably younger, but <laughs> I, I do genuinely believe that the the seventies through to the mid nineties were definitely peak rugby league. You know, hmm. a- 80s, definitely. Um, yep. But, like, uh, basically your era until hmm. 94, you know. Yeah. So pre-Winfield Cup, like just pre-Winfield Cup and to the end of the Winfield Cup was was peak NRL. And speaking of that, what are your thoughts on the current game and how it is at the moment? Yeah, no, well, well I, I think it's it's too structured and it's... Um, I, I don't like the um, continual replacement rule. I think the game should have, should be a game of attrition where you've got to you've got to play. Everyone's got to play for their 80 minutes because that was when that was tactically when you would um, sort of win or lose a game was in the sort of the last. And 15, only 20 replace minutes. a player if they're genuinely wheezing or they're yes. injured. You know. That's right. Yeah. Well, well, I'd had played in games where guys couldn't go off. They had broken arms and they had to stay on because yep. they uh, they had no replacements and then. And I think that builds a, a different mindset and a different character in that. It does, yeah. I do yeah, I yeah. do like the implementation last year of the six again. That definitely made it a lot 
it, it brought back a mm. little bit of that fastness and that pace that was missing from the game, in my opinion. Yep. Yeah. No, no, that certainly helped. But, uh, yeah, no, I've ne never been on the strip rule. I, I don't believe it's your responsibility to hang onto the ball. I don't think that you should be able to put because I used to seal the ball on, not on a regular basis, but every now and then used to pinch the ball and, uh, and get away with it. And that was, uh, that was part of the game that yeah. uh, if you could, if you could strip a ball, it was a big advantage. Yeah, like in my opinion, it's a like straight up like if if you can't handle the ball, you know, properly, mm. that's on you, not the opposing yeah. team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you should be able to target someone that um, you know is a loose ball carrier that you're a chance of uh, of getting it off him. Exactly, hundred percent. You know, the Raiders and Storm are, are really good at at this trip at the moment. I think that's great. Um, mm. Back to your career a little bit, obviously. Um, yeah. Who? Or, like, how many... I don't know, word vomit, let's try that again. Who was your, um, you know, biggest jokester or larrikin of the club at, at the Bears during your time there? Um, well, we sort of didn't really have a sort of a standout larrikin and Jack, or everyone had a had a sort of a, a gentle sense of humour, I think you could, okay. you could say. But they were all, all sort of fairly easy-going guys, Donnie. And, and, uh, Any memorable Mark, pranks Mark. that you can that are safe for work that you could mention on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I, I sort of... I wasn't a, a prankster, and I think because of that, that uh, I didn't sort of see too many pranks. And, there, ah. yeah, there wasn't... You know, there, there was a few sort of things in the shower, but uh, things, but um, yeah, nothing... Uh, Nothing, Nothing too did, untoward, uh, yeah. No, no, that's right. It was a, yeah, just a bit of soft fun, I suppose. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's yeah. totally fair. Um, mm. Now, obviously, this is going to be a touchy subject for any North Sydney fan when, when I'm about to ask this, but what are your thoughts on the obvious now failed merger of North Sydney and Manly Sea Eagles in the back end of the 90s and early 2000s? Yeah, I oh, know that was just a catastrophe. It was, uh, yeah, <laughs> they, you know, got, I think... they really got the raw end of it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it was one of those ones that everyone that knew anything about either of the clubs, they they weren't going to work. Oh, both, both sides of fans were like, no, no, mm, that's right, and yeah. and not because they hate each other club, it was just mm. no. <laughs> mm. oh, that's right, and it, it was doomed for failure from the start. But uh, and as you say, North's got the raw end of the deal, and the, and that's where we sit today. Should North Sydney should be in the competition, and not oh, Manly, they should but, be. Uh, oh, I mean. I don't know if not Manly, but I am definitely an advocate for North Sydney that they should still be in the comp. Whether or not mm. Manly and North Sydney could both be in it, I don't know. But definitely, like, Bears definitely deserve to be in there. Um, switching yeah. to some fun topics for a bit, how do you like yep. your steak? Uh, I like it medium. Um, medium well, medium rare, or just medium? Uh, just medium. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I went I went through the sort of the, the blue... Rare yeah. stage, yeah, yeah and uh, not a fan. Yeah, no, no, sort of uh, got uh, got sick of that pretty quick. But yeah, yeah no, I, just I like don't it. want to mow in. <laughs> yeah, another stride. Yeah, yeah, just like a, maybe a touch on the rear side. But, yeah, like like just, just as long as it's not mowing, but it's still got a bit of juice, but it's not chewy. Yep. it's all good. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Uh, obviously, um, if if you do drink or beer or or spirits, what is your current drink of choice? I drink two years old and always have. Oh, two years old is such a good drop. That I is a great drop. I, I love I love my stout and you know dark ale sort of stuff. So I'm definitely a fan <laughs> of that and Guinness. 
Yes, no, I'm, 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 as a, if I can't get a two, he's all I'll have a Guinness, and yep. um, I, I, I like a red wine as well with a steak. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, got to have red wine. Honestly, got to cook steak in red wine. It, yes. It goes yep. well. Um, yep. We've covered what are you doing now. Um, just double-checking my list. Bear yeah. me. So, scro- crossing off Aberdeen Tigers, Magpies, uh, Move America, thoughts on the merger, today's game thoughts, Jack Larkin's take beer. Uh, so, I've got basically maybe one or two more topics. Um, yep. So, uh, obviously, you said your fondest memory is the your debut. Yep. What what is um I mean this may be a touchy subject so but I'll happily you know edit this out if you don't want to answer but what would be your least favorite memory of your time in the rugby league not necessarily at the Bears but in general you know was it a big loss or an injury or you know what was that Yeah well I, I was fortunate that I didn't have uh, too many injuries and I'm, okay. I'm I spent more time on the sideline suspended than I did uh, through injuries. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that, I suppose that uh, was a, a bit of a, a downside of it. But uh, one, one um, incident I can remember was, a, in, was probably 1974, 75. We were playing on North Sydney Oval and um, a very wet day. Mm-hmm. And Derek Derek Rich was the goal kicker. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, when we used to practice the training, I could kick a ball more further than anyone else and, oh, uh, and those balls back then mate oh. yeah, they, they, yeah the leather balls and it was the, the ball we had was almost round it was yep. uh, you know, and in the wet and mud it'd be 10 times heavy yeah that's right so derek said look i i can't get anywhere near that will you have a shot at it because we'd scored in the corner yep and i said oh yeah yeah sure so i, I said geez i gotta get this over so <laughs> but i got this built this great big mound so i got yep. the ball up as high as i can could and uh, you know, lined it up and concentrated hard. Went back, and all I did was kick the mound out from under the ball. Oh, <laughs> and, and they were with this enormous effort because I was just going to pound that ball out of the ground, and <laughs> it went about. And then you pounded metres. the ground out of the ball. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> it went about went about ten meters. So I had to jog back with my tail between my legs. Nah, nah, that's yeah. that's fair. That uh, that's what they say though. You know, like you'll get them every day of the week at training, and then the yeah. one time when you need to. It just doesn't. Yeah, no, for sure. And that was one of those times. Exactly. Um, I've got one last question slash topic um, before we wrap this up. And it's what advice would you give to, you know, any youngsters, you know, that you would like to instill some old school values into that would like to make it in the, you know, rugby league one day? Yeah, on my suppose. First of all, you've got to be enjoying it. If you're not, if you're not enjoying it, it um, just becomes too hard. And I think if you're determined enough, just stick with it. It's a, I was a, a sort of one of those kids. I was never a star at school, and uh, you know.